Welcome! Hello! I am Jessica Black. I am a clinical mental health counselor. And I am Christina Greening. I am a licensed clinical social worker. And this is Love and Logic. <laughs> Not Love and that Logic. Logic. That's a book? Not that one. Love, Love and Lunacy. A podcast all about connections and what to do when they go awry. Today, we are going to be talking about attachment styles. Oh, the ever popular, do we actually know what we're saying in pop culture? Oh my gosh. Stop making your stupid TikToks. Just kidding. Don't stop. They're great. They're great, except when they're wrong. Yeah. So, first of all, what is attachment? It's hard. Like, I'm very much not as eloquent. Like, this is not going to be Webster's Dictionary if I'm going to say this, (laughs) because... Do not quote. Do not quote (laughs) what I'm about to say. Attachment is a vital thing that's almost, like, innate and chemical, Like, think about it. All mammals have this. And it's so important and vast for us in emotional connection. Like, we've needed it. We've needed it forever as cavemen. It's what helps us thrive and survive. Correct. So, attachment theory is a psychological theory um, that began a long time ago. And they actually just started all of the testing on children. So, originally, people thought that attachment was just with children and like their parents, right? Or caregiver. However, more and more we have realized that it doesn't just end when you turn 18. Um, It goes on forever. That's that's so weird. Right. It doesn't just stop. Yeah. You don't, you don't end. Yeah. You you can't graduate. And you can't not have it. It's not like we're robotic all of a sudden. No. So you have to have it. Yeah. It usually just um, moves to your romantic partner. Mm Mm-hmm. Usually. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's your friends, but usually it's the romantic partner. And what it is, is that it is your connection to this person that makes you feel safe and secure. Um, John Bowlby, I'm going to name drop. Um, he did a lot of the original um, tests, um, experiments, basically. But we can't forget Mary Ainsworth because she gets... Not enough credit. Because she was one of the first, and of course, she wasn't credited because... She's a woman. She's a woman, and it was way back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, Mary Ainsworth, great job. Yep. So, Bowlby looked at how a child reacts in certain situations. Um, if they go to their caregiver, or if they ignore the caregiver, et cetera, et cetera. Um, whereas Mary Ainsworth looked at the, um, and you can Google this, um, you can just look up strange situation, Mary Ainsworth, and it's on the YouTubes. Um, and you can actually see what she does. Um, and then as it moves throughout life, again, it just kind of moves into our adulthood, mostly towards our romantic love. Yeah. Um, how it is created. How it's created, the romantic... No, our attachment styles. Oh, how it's created is through our primary caregivers and 
attunement with whoever our primary caregivers are. Were they able to attune to your needs? Were they paying attention? Were they saying like feelings are for wusses or whatever? Were they traumatized as well? I'll give you something to cry about. Oh my God. Like just get over it already. <laughs> right? It's not even that big of a deal. Yeah. God, you're such a baby. Ugh. Or were they the abusers also? Because that sometimes happens and then it's just perpetuating uh, insecure attachment style. So I don't know if we need to go to identifying these. What There's three attachment styles that are insecure and one that is secure, which means secure attachment is secure, right? right. Yeah. <laughs> secure no, equals secure. Yeah. Okay. And then the... Insecure ones are anxious attachment or known as ambivalent. You're in and out. We just don't know. Um, Basil van der Kolk terms these in a different way, which his book is out there and usually on the bestsellers. But secure attachment is feeling and dealing. They can handle it and they're using their feelings. Ambivalent and anxious is feeling but not dealing. So they're feeling so, 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 so much and cannot handle it. Um, avoidant or dismissive attachment is dealing with, but not feeling. That's like, of course your caregivers are like, I'll give you freaking something to cry about. Watch me. Stop crying. And then disorganized or what's the other term for it that you mentioned, Jessica? What was it? Disorganized or dis... Or disordered. Disordered. Okay. Same shiz. Um, is fear without solution, fright without solution. So they're just kind of... In a trauma state of what Constant they can... cycle. Yeah. It's just awful. I, myself, grew up in disorganized attachment home. Same, same. <laughs> so you're not a lost cause. You no. Can... Definitely not. Yeah. None of these are lost causes. No. And just because you're in one certain type of style doesn't mean that that's where you're going to be forever. Mm-hmm. Um, and that doesn't mean that, like... You're like that all the time. So, for example, you could be very secure in your romantic relationship. And, you know, everything's very chill and and you can communicate and you can feel it and then deal with it with your partner. And then you can go to work and you can be more of an anxious or an avoidant, Mm -hmm. depending on how you work with your coworkers. And in your friendships, you could also be different. Mm -hmm. Um... The goal, usually, is to have a secure attachment in all areas of your life. At least one so you can have those glimmers of, oh, this is what it feels like. Yes. And then your life and your ecosystem of your life is generally more manageable and more tolerable than the shit show we live in. Dun, 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 dun. <laughs> I feel like that should be more dun 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 dun. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> the shit show dun dun dun. <laughs> okay, so secure. A lot of people will say people in secure attached relationships are fucking boring, because they are. <laughs> There's no ups and downs. There's not a lot of like fighting mm-hmm. or ignoring, like. The drama doesn't exist as much. No drama. Like, they see the problem and then they deal with the problem. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Like, there's not a lot of, I mean, that's it. It's just like, oh, 
you hurt my feelings. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't know that. What did I do? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, you just said this and this and oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't realize I said that. I'll make sure to watch for that, that I don't do that again. Boom. And that's the end of the fucking conversation. Yeah. So hella boring. You will never find this on TV. You will never find this in movies because it's fucking boring. It's not good for media. Yeah, no. The drama doesn't exist or like the the arc of, oh my gosh, they finally figured it out. No. They're, yeah. They just already figured it out. Yeah. It's fucking boring. Yeah. But super healthy. Mm-hmm. Very healthy. Yeah. Um, so usually, like, let's think of us as children. So as a child... A child that has a secure attachment style. Um, They will go to their caregiver as a secure base. So these are the kids that actually talk to their parents. Mm -hmm. You know, like the ones in high school that's like, yeah, I just talked to my parents about it. And you're Mm -hmm. like, why would you do that? Well, it's because they have a secure attachment. Um, They can express their emotions. Mm -hmm. And the caregiver is not like super dismissive or anything like that Mm -hmm. they will sit down with them they will let them talk let them feel and the caregiver will respond appropriately no um which as an adult this leads to good outcomes such as like having self more sense of self and mm -hmm. self-worth um positive view on themselves and their partners and relationships Mm -hmm. and not worried about rejection or threats of separation from a partner (laughs) Not that they're never worried about it, Mm -hmm. but just it's not constant. That's Mm -hmm. not the first thing on their mind. It's like, oh, my God, they're mad at me. Yeah. Like, that doesn't happen with somebody that has a secure attachment style. Yeah. And they're also comfortable with independence as well as connection. Like, they can be securely attached to themselves and within themselves as well as a partnership that shows them support. Yes. Yeah. And manages themselves the majority of the time. Look, we're humans. We're not going to be in secure, attached lens ourselves all the time because we have to be grounded and centered. But the majority of the time, we need to be there. Correct. So usually the caregiver, as a child, your caregiver was direct. They're consistent, mm-hmm. supportive, and very like attuned to the child's needs. So these are not going to be your parents that are like super selfish or... Um, the ones that are like inconsistent, mm-hmm. um, those are not the caregivers. So this is like your Susie Homemaker, perfect family, mm-hmm. right? I mean, not perfect. They still fight. There's still problems, but it's like in a secure way where it's not, it's not a threat. There's oh. no, there's not a threat in the family. Mm-hmm. That, that is very true. And the 30% rule, the good enough parent. Mm-hmm. So there is another study about, um, being able to attune to your child's needs. And it just has to be 30% of the time that they're needing that attunement. So like, hey, look, I made this cool Lego sculpture or whatever it is. And you're attuning and directing your attention to that partner. And that comes from, um, I think, circle of attachment or no, circle of security. Mm -hmm. And it's very weird and odd to me too because um, the couple's counselor's Gottman, they did a weird study where people lived in this apartment and they were videotaped. Mm-hmm. It's like so fun and bizarre to me. But they also oddly have this 
as well with couples that attune to their bids of attention. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's just you have to do it 30% of the time. And obviously you can't be the cause for high distress like abusiveness or anything like that. Mm-hmm. So. Yep. Um, so secure, that's the goal. Great. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Those of you that are secure, good for fucking you. Um, the rest of us are trying to get there. So, moving on. I'm totally securely attached. I'm obviously secure all the time. I'm so securely attached. Um, Everything's fine. Okay. (laughs) So, the next one that we'll go to is the anxious attachment. Mm -hmm. And I feel like, um, and I don't know exactly what the percentages would be. Because, again, people might look different in different times of their lives, too. And with different partnerships. mm -hmm, Yeah. Like, I might always be avoidantly attached to somebody in my um family because they're just not a safe person for me exactly so or I might be anxiously attached to that person because they're unpredictable sometimes they're fine and sometimes they're not mm-hmm. yeah so so yeah your attachment also sometimes depends on the other person mm-hmm. as well yeah so as a child um a child that will kind of show these types of characteristics um their caregiver will be inconsistent. Um, Inconsistent, less than the 30%. So they are not very attuned to their child or to the child's needs. Um, They're often unpredictable. Um, Like Tina was saying, you don't know like what you're going to get. So sometimes the, in these types of families, it's like, well, you know, if dad's in a bad mood, then we're all in a bad mood, right? Like everybody has to be in a bad mood. Yeah. Um, usually these types of caregivers are also very sensitive themselves. Mm-hmm. So the child um, is not going to use the parent or the caregiver as a secure base. Base. They are not going to go to the parent or caregiver for their problems or if they're upset. They're not going to go to them. Sometimes they're like parentify themselves once they're older and then they have to take care of the needs of the emotional needs of that parent. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And of if they have any little siblings as well. Mm-hmm. Um, usually they feel suspicious and distrustful of caregiver. Um, they'll sometimes they'll be very clingy mm-hmm. and desperate for connection. And then sometimes they'll be very suspicious and kind of push them away Mm um they'll want contact with the caregiver but if you could see what I'm doing right now I have one hand like stop and my other hand is like come closer so that's kind of what that anxious attachment Mm -hmm. style is like yes I want you to hug me but don't fucking touch me Mm -hmm. um so as an adult yeah, you often have, are more self-critical and insecure yourself um, and in partnerships and can often self-sabotage. A lot of the insecure styles can self-sabotage in different ways. Or if you're trying to lean into that secure attachment, you go back of like almost starting this drama cycle in a way because you're used to that push-pull like she was saying about her hands. Like, go away, come here. Um, depends on gaining the approval of others. Again, that, that insecurity for themselves yet never relieves their self-doubt. Are you mad at me? Are you mad at me right now? Yeah. I'm so sorry. You didn't text me back. Did I get... I'm sorry I'm too much. Are you okay? I'm so sorry. I'm sorry if I made you mad. Yeah. Those ones. Mm Mm-hmm. You know who you are. Yeah. (laughs) 
Um, Jessica <laughs> knows. <laughs> this is my default sometimes still. And she's like, it's my responsibility to tell me if you're, if you're too much for me. Yeah. I am responsible for my own feelings. <laughs> if I don't fucking like you, I'll tell you. Okay? Or I'll just ignore you. Yeah. <laughs> so there. And you'll never know. And oh well. Um, so they have a deep-seated feeling for rejection. So always apologizing, needing, needy and clingy, over, but also overly dependent and scared of their... And can sometimes scare their partners away because of their... Um, just v- bigger fluctuations in emotions. So, yay. And they'll also get pretty attached to people very quickly. Oh, yeah. Um, so these are the ones, like, these are the people that, um, oh, my God, I just met this guy, and I think I'm in love. <laughs> like, he is so perfect for me. And he just fits all, he's just, just checking all the boxes. Mm-hmm. And I literally think we're going to get married. Yeah. He has this problem, but it's okay. Yeah, like, it's fine. That, he's I working can fix on it. that. He's in therapy. Yeah, he's in therapy, mm-hmm. so it's okay. Yeah. Yeah. That's a whole different realm. Like, just because somebody's in therapy doesn't actually mean they're coming to therapy with yeah. all of their authentic problems. Therapists can be shitty, too. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> oh, really? No. <laughs> All therapists are good therapists. That's a lie. Um, oh, so, I thought you meant therapists that are in therapy and they avoid their problems too. Well, therapists that are in therapy are probably better therapists than the ones that aren't. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyways, that's a whole different thing. Okay, different thing. Okay. Thing. <laughs> so these are our anxious types of attachments. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they're also called ambivalent um, because they will seem like... Um, they don't care. Um, they'll seem like they don't want to become close to others. Mm-hmm. However, again, where the anxious part comes in is that they are constantly worried that their partner doesn't love them. Um, they may become very distraught mm-hmm. in when it, the relationship ends. But the ambivalence comes where it's like they're not sure. So that's kind of where that amb- ambivalence comes from. Yeah. Um, the two... Insecure. Insecure, like most common insecure attachment styles are yes. this one and avoidant or dismissive. Um, this is the healing but or dealing but not feeling. So they're the ones that um, have little emotional sharing as a child, um, shows low affect, which is like the presentation on their face. Like they're kind of like deadpanned. Um, nothing's really wrong. Nothing's really great. Um, can't rely on their caregivers to meet their emotional needs um, and may express a lack of attachment and low self-esteem by acting out sometimes because it's can't be met otherwise, that connection. Yeah, there's lack of, mm-hmm. the lack of connection. Mm-hmm. So the caregiver is distant and encourages hyper-independence in a way. Um they're emotionally unavailable and sees emotions as negative or a sign of weakness. Again, alluding to like, I'll show you something to cry about mm-hmm. mentality. Mm-hmm. Stop crying. It's fine. You're fine. Yeah. Get over it. Yep. Critical and discourages crying. Um, and they just dismiss their child's feelings often. The, and the, the caregiver is also very unaware, very like not self-aware at all. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not aware of the child's, um, emotions either. Um, so it's very distant. 
Um, and then as an adult, um, the avoidant dismissive attachment style, um, they tend to be loners. They do not depend on other people. And if they start or notice that they are depending on other people, immediately they retreat. Um, they want to be independent. They don't want to have to depend on anybody and they don't want anybody to depend on them. Um, they're often uncomfortable with closeness and they can seem very rejecting toward their partner. Um, they can dismiss importance of relationships and their own and others' emotions. Um, so they see emotions as not helpful. Um, they don't see uh, that emotions are good for relationships. Um, they can also have a compulsive need for a sense of control. And this isn't always just, you know, and none of these are all the time mm -hmm. and you have to have all of them. These are just certain characteristics. Um, but they want a sense of control. Um, control mostly over their own lives. Um, they're not necessarily going to try and, and control other people. Mm -hmm. um, so they're, they're the ones that if you ask them to check in with you or like send me a text later today, then they'll completely pull away. They don't want to be controlled. They don't want to have to check in with you. Um, they don't want to have to ask you, um, you know, what are our plans this weekend? They're not going to do that. Um, they also avoid conflict and stressful situations pretty much at all costs. Yeah, I'm like, like the plague is what yeah. I was going to say. Yes. I was like, like the plague. Like the plague. <laughs> like yeah. conflict is the worst thing that could happen mm -hmm. um, for someone that is an avoidant dismissive. Because all the fee-fees are there. Yeah. There's, all the feelings. We don't want that. Mm -mm. No, the feels. Feels are nope. stupid. They only cause problems. You know, I definitely don't want to support my partner if they're stressed out. Um, you know, if my partner comes to me and they're stressed out and I am an avoidant, I'm going to be like, okay, I'm going to go in the other room now. Mm -hmm. And they'll just, they'll seem like they are ignoring you. Mm -hmm. Um, if you're one of those that does have feelings and mm -hmm. you can express them, you're an avoidant partner would just pull away and seem very, um, distant or dismissive of your feelings. Mm -hmm. Um, what's super fun, side note, side note, tangent, doo -doo 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 -doo. Um, what's really great is when an anxious gets together with an avoidant. Because <laughs> that silent treatment, oh my God, it's the worst. The silent treatment for an anxious attachment, this isn't from personal experience at all. Nope. Is excruciating. And the avoidant is just trying to avoid conflict. Mm -hmm. They're not necessarily trying to avoid the person, but they're just like, I don't want conflict. I just want to be, everything's fine. We're, it's okay. We're fine. Which is so, it's still very invalidating. Very invalidating. You, just, you have to practice getting into that, the feelings. And then sometimes the anxious attached person is like, fucking fight with me. And they will start causing fights because they want to connect with this person. And so they will cause fights to connect mm -hmm. um because you know avoidance they're usually not super they don't get upset really easily and so the anxious attached person will fucking push their buttons until they blow up <laughs> again not personal experience <laughs> um and i don't know i don't know the numbers to this but just with my experience in 
seeing it within my friendships and different clientele, but like, and the way society socializes women, they, I don't like saying this, but kind of like it tends to be women are more able to be in anxious attachment, those things. And we might have to cover this in another episode, but like there is a way if this is happening in your relationship, it can be debunked and de um deconstructed and reconstructed in a securely attached way it's oh, not yeah, a lost totally. cause no it yeah and actually when you are able to um reconnect with your partner it's freaking amazing because again that secure attachment feels so good um i usually tell my clients that a secure attachment feels like if i fell I know that they will be there to catch me. And many people don't know what that's like. Um, it's very, again, they're, they're questioning. They're very distant. They're not really sure if that's going to happen. But a secure, attached relationship, they don't even have to think about it. They know that they will be caught by their partner. Yeah. So again, none of these are good or bad. Well, secure is pretty good, um, but I don't use bad because it's just different and they have pros and cons. Everything has their pros and cons here, guys. Um, and so don't be discouraged if you are any but secure because that's okay. We can change. We can begin to be vulnerable with our partners and begin to engage in the expression of emotions and dealing with our emotions. Um, it takes work, but it once you can do it, it is one of the best feelings in the world. And expressing um, in healthy-ish ways and yes. practicing that. It's going to feel wonky and weird at first and all the things. Many of my clients tell me that mm -hmm. it feels robotic. Mm -hmm. um, because often, at first, it is robotic. Because we are completely deconstructing anything that you would normally do. And so it feels odd. It feels weird. Um, but the better that you get at it, um, the more you practice at being securely attached, um, being direct, being consistent with your partner, the more that it becomes second nature, the better you can communicate. Yep. Bravo. Bravo. <laughs> All right. I'm like, that was, I got chills at one point too, to be honest. Chills. Ooh. All right, back on track. Um, the next or the final insecure attachment style is disorganized. And um, the tagline here is fright without solution. Mm -hmm. So afraid and no solution, like you're just falling mm -hmm. um, into space and no, you, you don't know when it's going to end. It's almost like the two ways of like our nervous system we either explode and react or we literally shut down yes it's kind of where you're at as a child with what you're given in this attachment style mm -hmm. so as a child your caregiver would be very unpredictable um they will incite fear or abuse um the caregiver is also emotionally distressed somehow and they're either very passive and laissez-faire or they're very intrusive and aggressive. Mm -hmm. 
And so then as a result, the child um, will experience usually physical and emotional cruelty from caregivers. Mm -hmm. Not both. Um, Often nowadays, it's more of an emotional cruelty Mm -hmm. um, that these types of parents are giving to their children, calling them names like you're so stupid. Why can't you do this? Ah, you're so worthless. Things like that. where and like threats. And threats. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, they're very threatening. Um, sometimes people say, well, no, my, my child just respects me. Um, but as I tell many parents, fear, fear is not respect. Fear is fear. And these children are afraid of their caregivers. Um, if they are in some kind of a dilemma, um, they will free, flee from distress. Um, and yet they still have to rely on these caregivers for survival at the same time. Um, so they're in this dilemma of, I, I want to leave, but I can't. Um, often these are the kids that'll run away um, in, their, in their teen years because they have survived to the point where they can survive on their own. Um, and these children will be very, very disconnected from people um, they will have a very, very severe lack of attachment. Um, they'll be disorganized in their emotions um, and their reactions as well. Um, sometimes they will be very disassociative as well. So these are your uh, kids that are just very, very disconnected. It's very hard to connect with them. It's very hard to bring them back, you know, being grounded. And so then as adults... Yeah, they lack that sense of self once again, but it, it's most likely at a deeper level just because of the big fright and um, big um, feeling. Like, I even feel like, sorry, vulnerable moment. Like, I just feel a heaviness in this just because I lived it a lot as a child. So I'm like, ooh, this feels like a lot. And it's not fun. Um, they detach from their feelings and again, in that dissociative state, but also like latch on to connections that are actually secure. Like for me, fortunately I was in sports and I really thrived in school for some kids. They actually don't at the same time. So I had some secure attachments in school, but at home I was very disorganizedly attached So that's another reason why it's not a lost cause either. The more um, appropriate um, adults in your life actually can promote good outcomes for you as an adult. Anyways, but as an adult, disorganized attachment, um, they desire a relationship and are comforted in them until they develop emotional closeness. And then this can reactivate this attachment. Like, oh my gosh, if I'm close, they're gonna hurt hurt me. me. They're gonna abuse me emotionally, most like that emotional abuse or, and or physically. Um, But also they tend to kind of gravitate to that because they don't know, um, generally, of course, they don't know what is okay with that secure attachment because it's boring. Again, it's- It doesn't feel mm. so up and down. If there's not a secure partner to like ground those things. And we might have to cover this in another episode, but like there is a way. And that's how they have associated love Mm -hmm. um, and relationships. If there is not turmoil, 
then this isn't real. Yeah. This isn't a real relationship. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, just like the, the anxious and avoidant mixture, um, disorganized is basically just a mixture of anxious and avoidant. Mm -hmm. Um, you don't really know what you're going to get with these people. There's not a specific pattern, um, like there is with someone that's just anxious or just Mm -hmm. avoidant. And in their relationships as an adult, they it's hard for them to trust themselves. So then they're second guessing trusting their gut and what this connection is and also lack of trust in the other. So they have tend to have more dysfunctional relationships and they feel isolated and abandoned even in relationships. It's like they fear being close, but they still want it mm-hmm. and they still seek it. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas if they were just avoidant, then they would be afraid of being close and not ever be close. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yes. So, but that's, what's different about a disorganized attachment style is that they want love, but they're also going to push away their partners because they're afraid of it. Mm -hmm. So it can, this, this type of, um, attachment style can feel very chaotic very up and down you never know if your partner is going to be loving um or if they're going to be rejecting Mm -hmm. yeah it's a tricky place especially um for those like in trying to sort that out within their relationships and i think this would be where like cptsd lies the most yes Mm -hmm. 100 percent not not 100% of the time, just 100% I agree, agree. with her statement. <laughs> um, yeah, usually these types of people have had childhood trauma. Um, and yes, they have complex post-traumatic stress disorder. Um, and usually what that means for those of you that are new to this, um, it has to do with a relational PTSD. Um, so... You know, regular PTSD, something happened, messed me up. Um, Have to heal from that. Whereas CPTSD has to do with relational trauma. Um, The push and pull or having a caregiver that was abusive um, or absent. um, Or sometimes this can happen also in adult relationships. Um, Your attachment style can change as an adult when you start to get into relationships and you may have had a secure attachment at one point and then you get together with somebody that's very avoidant Mm -hmm. and that you can then morph into having an anxious or an avoidant attachment. Um, So it's not always the same. And having trauma in relationships, even as an adult, can change your attachment style. Um, so that's very important to keep in mind as well. Often we're like, well, as a kid, I was fine. Like I didn't, everything was fine. Well, yeah, but then you were in that abusive relationship when you were 16 and now you're an avoidant or 19 or 19. I mean, again, could be whatever. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Um, so just keep that in mind too. If this is like confusing to you at all. Um, and if it's confusing to you, a book that can be really good to understand this in some way and gives case examples of partnerships. Again, this is like usually cishet 
cisgender heterosexual um, couples, right, yes. in this book, um, is Hold Me Tight by Sue Johnson. She is the one that really studied attachment styles in adulthood. Um, so that is something that if you're, if this is confusing or tricky for you, of course you can read that book if you can't afford psychotherapy yourselves. Um, there's also a book that is, um, more looking at mother. <laughs> Her internet's Sorry, not I just working. tried to use the internet <laughs> and it died. So, um, there's also another book that looks at attachments specifically in dating. Um, and that is a book called Attached, the new science of adult attachment and how it can help you find and keep love. Um, and that is by Amir Levine. And that book is great because it also gives examples of um, kind of what people do in relationships, how you can recognize somebody's attachment style. Um, in, in this is personal opinion. Tangent. <laughs> um, I hate when I do the wheezy laugh too because that was like a semi-wheezy laugh. It's so annoying. But it's still funny. Yeah. Um, so... The here's my tangent and my personal opinion on this book. They kind of villainize the avoidant attachment. Yeah, I was gonna say that too. Um, an avoidant attachment, they're not necessarily the villain. No. Um, for speaking from an anxious attachment perspective, sometimes having an avoidant partner calms you down. Um, and can and and when you're creating that secure relationship. It does calm your anxiety um, when you have more of an avoidant person because that gives you time as an anxious attached person to chill the fuck out. Instead of attacking your partner and ripping his face off, um, you can step away from the situation, calm down a little bit, gather yourself, Mm -hmm. and then be able to have a securely attached conversation um, with your avoidant partner. And again, that can be great. So I don't think, you know, again, none of these are bad. Um, avoidance can can be secure. Um, and it might just look different. Um, and the more that you get to know your partner, the better able you are to um, have conversations with them. Hard conversations. If you're not having hard conversations in your relationship, you are not prepared to be in that relationship. Um, that is one of the things that I think every couple needs to know how to do is to have hard conversations, um, being about the relationship or about something that the other person did, um, and how you as a couple kind of come to consensus with that. Um, going back because in this, um, experiment, the example was a, partner goes to the window and says oh look at this bird and the other partner responds to that bid of connection and goes over and is like oh yeah I wonder what that is actually engages in the conversation you're not going to hit every single bid all the time Um, but this might also look like I send you an article you know I send my partner an article and said oh my gosh this is so interesting and for my partner to read it And later on when we're at home, bring it up. 
That, that is would a be bid more, for connection. For me, that would be more like TikTok videos. To well, be yeah, or memes. I send a lot of memes. That's oh, yeah. basically how I can. That's a love language for sure. Hundred percent. And a bid. Yeah, and a bid. Yep. Yeah, I uh, like as easy an, an easy thing as a ha ha is a response to my bid for connection, um, and those types of bird moments. Um, what Gottman uh, studied was that the more that couples responded to these bids for connection the more likely their relationship would last Mm -hmm. and if they didn't do that um they have a pretty good estimate on if the relationship will end Um, if you are not responding to those bids of connection then more than likely your relationship will end and i swear that one was 30 percent as well as the circle of security but i could be wrong there's so many percentages. Yeah, and it's a general gist. Um, it just it it just leaves a gray area. You, you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to be on all the time because it's impossible. At the same time, over a few um, signs or uh, things you can notice if you are in a secure attachment um, relationship or a ser- if you have a secure attachment style. Um, This is going to be the ability to regulate your emotions, Um, that you can easily trust other people, um, that you have effective communication skills, Uh, you can seek emotional support, Um, you're not one to isolate, Um, you're not one to ignore it, that you can, you know, call a friend or call a partner or call a family member and say, hey, I need support, I'm having a hard time. Um, they are also comfortable being alone, um, and they're comfortable in close relationships. So they can be vulnerable in their relationships, um, but they can also be alone and that's okay too. Um, they have the ability to self-reflect in partnerships. So they are way less likely to be, uh, defensive, um, when things are brought up, they can self-reflect and say, okay, Yeah, no, I totally did that. I didn't even realize that that bothered you. I'm so sorry. Um, Again, healthy communication. Um, They're pretty easy to connect with. Um, They manage uh, conflict pretty well. They have pretty good high self-esteem. And they're emotionally available. Um, So those are kind of the characteristics. And you're not going to hit every single one of those. And hey, sometimes you might be real secure most of the time and then shit hits the fan and you're going back to that anxious attachment style. Um, So signs of the anxious um, or avoidant types. So this is kind of both. Um, You are, you avoid emotions or physical intimacy. Um, You have a strong sense of independence. Um, uncomfortable expressing your feelings, you're dismissive of others, you have a hard time trusting people, um, you feel threatened by anyone that tries to get close to you, you spend more time alone than interacting with other people, um, and you believe that you don't really need other people in your life. Um, many times these types of people will be described as having commitment issues. Um, so the, I'm sorry, those are more of your avoidant dismissive and then just the anxious or ambivalent, um, attachment style is going to look like they can be very clingy. 
Um, they're very highly sensitive to any kind of criticism, whether that's self-criticism or from others. Um, needing approval, as we talked about, um, they can also be the types of partners that are very jealous, that get easily jealous. And not necessarily when uh, or if a partner is flirting with someone, but even I'm going to get jealous of my partner spending more time with their family than me or spending more time with their friends than me. You know, I want all of your attention. And if you're giving someone else your attention, that means I'm not getting it. Um, they have difficulty being alone. Um, often have low self-esteem-ish, not all the time, but often. They do have that intense fear of rejection and abandonment. Um, that is usually the first thing that is triggered in anxious attachment. Um, and they may have difficulty trusting other people. So it's funny because anxious, anxious attached people can either have difficulty trusting people or they're too trusting of people. Um, they'll give people multiple chances um, to you know, fix a relationship or whatever because of that intense fear of rejection and abandonment. Um, and last but not least is the uh, kind of the signs of a disorganized attachment. Um, so again, they do have a fear of rejection. They are unable to regulate their emotions. Um, they usually have very, very big emotion. Um, some people would see it as like out of context of the situation. Um, their behaviors are very contradictory. You know, sometimes he wants to hang out and sometimes he ghosts me for two weeks. Um, like we'll hang out for like a whole month and he'll love it. And then I don't hear from him. Things like that. That's a disorganized. Um, high levels of anxiety um, and difficulty trusting other people. And again, the disorganized, they'll have signs of the avoidant and the anxious. So with all of that, um, that kind of sums up everything on our attachment episode. And... We hope that you've learned something from this. Feel free to reach out with your comments or questions. We'd love to answer them. And scene. Toodaloo is what I was going to say. Toodaloo. Toodaloo. Bye. Bye.